0: God damn it. I tried so hard. I I got so far, but in the end, it didn't even matter, man. 115.
1: I think that should be our entrance, even though it's my turn. Good job, Christina. Thank Uh, you. you. (laughs) Welcome to I'm Sorry What the Podcast. Christina entered or began the podcast with her beautiful voice
0: my dulcet tones
1: yes yes uh that's christina i'm amanda um welcome 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 to all of you Illyria. <laughs> all of you news and olds, olds i've it's fine. you know what? i'm tra- trying something
0: new didn't work
1: just didn't work we're just gonna move on didn't stick the landing we're talking like a six rather than a ten so we're just gonna
0: nice it's crash landing top gun <laughs> <laughs>
1: Roll on in, how are you doing? I'm okay. Oh, that sounds positive. um
0: i I do that <laughs> sneaky snake yawn oh, we both yawned at the same time <laughs> um I went to the e n t yesterday for my sinuses and I have to have surgery.
1: No do you
0: have like a deviated septum? mm um. They think that I have a bunch of scar tissue built up in there from my autoimmune condition.
1: Which would make sense since you get the like ulcers mm-hmm. and open wounds.
0: Yeah. So he looked in my sinuses, like just with a little light thing. He's like, they're really inflamed. So they're going to do sinuplasty, hopefully. Okay. Where they don't have to cut anything or break anything, just go in through the nostrils, they go in and with the a mouth. balloon through the nose with a balloon and like blow up your sinuses, clean them out and then pull the balloon out and then your sinuses are, be- are like more open he's like you won't have any bruising you won't have any like drainage in- or like you'll have drainage but you won't have any of the like packing and right you won't have to pull those things that look like giant tampons out of your schnoz exactly Um, and then I'm like so it won't hurt my nose I have a really cute nose and he's <laughs> And he looked at me and I was like, you think I'm kidding. I'm serious. I have an adorable nose and I don't want it ruined. (laughs) He's like, he's like, I won't hurt your nose.
1: Like, it's one of my favorite parts of my face. Okay. If we could just like, you can make sure that's good.
0: I've been asked where I had my nose surgery done. I'm just saying of Uh, everything.
1: We've, we've lived different lives. I had asked, I've been asked what I've done with my boobs from people. (laughs) Not now because they are definitely saggy, baggy orangutan titties at the moment. But, but when I was younger and
0: they saggy, were really cute... baggy <laughs> orangutan titties. Okay, well they're not that bad. Okay, but I'm like let's back. <laughs> we need to back up and unpack this. What?
1: <laughs> but in comparison, when they would just sit up, all like hello. On Listen. Their own.
0: Either way, they're bags of fat. So exactly. <laughs> But so Not it, that impressed. <laughs> so
1: you know, roll it on back. Fingers crossed that all they have to do is the balloon thing, and yes. it, they don't have to do any other cutting so and opening. Do
0: rhinoplasty, which is which different is... than sinoplasty. So yeah, I have to have a CT scan first because okay. if I have polyps in my sinuses, then I have to have rhinoplasty.
1: Oh, well. Uh, so fingers crossed, it... no polyps. Do you have that scheduled? No, yeah. Okay. I was gonna say we'll we'll be thinking of you,
0: but I'm waiting for the uh the old hospital to order my CT scans. So <laughs> everybody send Christina some no polyp vibes. Thanks. I don't know what those entail, but if you could if you could send me some no polyp vibes, that'd be awesome. Um, <laughs> they oh and I just feel 100 percent validated because I've been to three different ENTs and they've all told me that my autoimmune condition has no bearing on my sinuses and I was like I don't know how that's possible but whatever I'm not a doctor I, I don't say. know and I went to this ENT and I told him that he's like what treatments have they done for your autoimmune I'm like nothing they told me it had nothing to do with my sinuses and he's like well that's that's it's, not accurate. And it's I'm like, really,
1: an autoimmune that attacks the mucous membrane areas in your body. So, why wouldn't it be in your sinuses? Exactly. I guess is my
0: question. Oh, my God. Okay. And he's like, I don't, okay, we're going to move on from that, but that's not right. Like, it's You're like there... he wanted to be like, that's They're bullshit. <laughs> but he was like, yeah, that's not, it's 100% incorrect. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, thank they you, kind
1: <laughs> well, I mean, for real though, like, how is it? How would they not think that that had something to do with all of the sinus infections and stuff that you've been getting over the last like handful of years where you get them and they're so bad? And right. then, it, you know,
0: well, and I'll still like, this won't fix my issue 100%. It'll mm-hmm. just make the sinus issues that I have not as like, right it'll, it'll help them Everything because i still can't correctly i still can't fight off infections so i'm still right. going to be prone to sinus infections ear infections upper respiratory infections that's not going to be fixed from the surgery but the sinus pain and pressure like mm-hmm. i didn't take a decongestant yesterday or today and i have such an awful sinus headache right now it mm-hmm. feels like i got hit in the eyeball sockets with a baseball
1: when I had that raging sinus infection a couple months ago. Uh, so I get migraines regularly, regularly, which is mm-hmm. totally a different feeling. But it that is. like was so nagging because it wasn't necessarily like knocking me on my ass. I couldn't do anything because I can't see or hear or like no. talk to anybody. But it was like, I can't function because my brain feels like it's going to explode that's like like the pushing of your face like your face is gonna pop off and everything's gonna fall out is what anytime it kind of i say
0: of. i have sinus pain that's what it feels like yeah so like, i and when i get like an actual infection it's like my my head is simultaneously being squeezed with a vise and being i'm being hit in the eyes with baseballs yeah is <laughs> the only uh, way i can describe it so anyway that was sinus corner
1: yeah right no at the <laughs> it was just so funny because I've never had like a sinus infection that was bad enough to like cause more than just the pressure when you like bend over you know yeah and so this last one it was like oh my god I feel like my face is gonna fall off
0: well and then he's like we can put you on some AstraZeneca or blah 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 and I was like hold up my brain is spicy so I have to take anxiety medication (laughs) what does that do and he's like all of these can affect mood and I'm like then no
1: then I best
0: not I best not my brain is spicy and I'm already I'm already already medicated for that so
1: (laughs) I'm already in a weird frame right now man
0: (laughs) I don't know Um, why I insist on belittling my mental illness but it just seems to me that if I take it seriously it makes it worse so I just call it my brain's spicy, and I call my anxiety medication my crazy pills. <laughs>
1: I call it a coping mechanism, and uh, I think it's just fine. My
0: brother's like, that's guillotine humor. It's been happening since the 18th century. Exactly. Anytime anything bad happens and you make humor, it's guillotine <laughs> humor. And I'm like, I'm going to go with that. That's, I'm
1: good. Yeah. No, you just make a joke and laugh about it uncomfortably, and then you're fine.
0: It's either laugh or I cry in the shower for
1: hours. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh. Also... I know I've been monopolizing this, but I have another thing to say. Is that okay? Oh,
1: I, I don't care.
0: I spent the last day. You're going to make fun of me for this. Good. Listening to Taylor Swift's All Too Well 10-minute version on repeat. <laughs> and for a 32-year-old that's really never had her heart broken. I've broken people like my exes. I broke up with him. I feel it to my soul, man. <laughs> Such a good
1: song you i mean do it <laughs> i love that song don't get me wrong because that was my
0: mm-hmm. jam
1: back in the day um interesting choice of a constant repeat uh it's sounds like your spicy to- brain shouldn't be listening to that and focusing on something that is like getting manifested because of this song these these feels
0: <laughs> listen listen here you highly recommend you listen to it because it doesn't feel like 10 minutes and it's amazing okay and she also there's also a video on youtube that's amazing it's like a short film and it's beautiful i believe you you're you're you say that but you're looking at me with your condescending taylor swift face and i'm sorry but i (laughs) used to hate taylor swift in fact I had a post on Facebook in my memories that said, the only way Taylor Swift could be entertaining would be if uh, she got hit by a car. And I retract that statement because hashtag I heart Taylor Swift.
1: <laughs> Good for you, man, to each their own. I have no problem with it. Does it mean I'm going to turn around and like blast it all day long? Probably not. You might I listen to it. It's beautiful. You know, probably won't. It's I don't beautiful. do well with the whole empathy thing because I feel it like all the way through, and then I get sad, and then I cry, and I'm raw dog in this mental illness, man. Oh. So,
0: <laughs> see, I was doing that, and my brain got too spicy. <laughs>
1: well, there's been, well, and it's the problem is, is mine is mostly like uh, seasonal, effective stuff. So, yeah.
0: and you're you're heading into prime real estate yeah. right now. Oh yeah, it's gonna be
1: i'm i'm gonna be real spicy here soon (laughs) (laughs) and and we're gonna eat some food some mac and cheese and stuff that Uh i shouldn't be eating because apparently i'm sensitive to wheat and dairy and uh listen and just you gotta live
0: (laughs) you gotta live man all right well how was your week now that we've talked about me (laughs) oh oh shit son it's been over 10 minutes (laughs) listen i had a lot to say to the world I
1: guess I am fine
0: oh okay, that's it. you got that's all you that's got
1: all I got. I didn't really have a lot going on, babysat yesterday, did my normal clean the church, you know, I didn't really have much going on, kinda just worked on stuff at the house, got Christmas decorations, um ooh. ordered myself some things because I got paid, so I was like, ooh, I can treat myself a little bit, so I got myself some stuff and uh. Just kind of a mellow, low-key week, I guess. Nice. Thumbs up, man. Thumbs up. I'm not going to put my thumb up, but thumbs up. That's so, like, all I got.
0: Tell me a story. Are you ready to be really depressed really fast?
1: Uh, it already happened. I'm ready to just stay here. We're just cool. going to lay down.
0: We're going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the Oakland County child killer. Okay. A.K.A. the babysitter killer.
1: No. Okay.
0: He didn't kill any babysitters. Okay. The Oakland County child killer refers to serial killings of the serial killings of at least four, more than likely more, uh, in Oakland County, Michigan between 1976 and 1977. It is an unsolved case. Forensic DNA testing has indirectly implicated two suspects, uh, one of them who one of whom has died, the other who is serving life in prison for offenses other offenses against children. Well,
1: good. good.
0: Um, however, a DNA profile created from samples taken from some of the victims' bodies is from the main perpetrator, but does not match the DNA of anyone named in connection with the case, and they are still unknown. So they they could have been multiple people involved.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, are they multiple people involved or are they connecting things because they happen to be similar? Yeah, it's... Unknown for sure.
0: Unknown, yes.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So we're going to start where it begins. At the beginning? In the beginning.
1: <laughs> it's a very good place to start.
0: <laughs> uh, with the first victim uh, whose name is Mark Stevens, And just, it's about to get real bad real fast now. Okay. Like strap in prepare yourself gird your loins
1: girl i'm ready okay you met me
0: (laughs) so he is 12 years was 12 years old from ferndale michigan he was a seventh grader at lincoln junior high school he stood four feet eight inches tall and weighed about 100 pounds with beach or strawberry blonde hair okay his parents were divorced and he lived with his mother he came from a roman catholic family and was described as a loner a quiet but good student he was last seen and heard from at 1 30 p.m on february 15th he talked to his mother on the phone he was letting her know that he was leaving the american legion hall to head home so he must have had like an after school or something maybe it was Um, a
1: valentine's day dance but it wasn't I don't know
0: what day of the week it was. Maybe it was the Friday. Okay, anyway. I know. Uh, He never made it home. And at 11 p.m. that night, Mark's mother called the Ferndale Police Department to report Mark missing. So there were searches involved. They had no witnesses, nothing. They didn't know where he went. Um, Four days go by. And at about 11.45 a.m. on February 19th, uh, 1976, uh four days later, like I said, a businessman mm. named Mark botigenheimer <laughs> It's a it's a long name. I'm just gonna call him Mark, but don't get him okay. confused with Mark the little boy. Okay. Um he left his office building and headed toward a drugstore that was located um around the New Orleans Mall at 10th Mile and Greenfield Roads. So it's still in Michigan, but the mall is called New Orleans Mall. Okay. Um on his way something he saw something in the corner of the parking lot and was like kind of confused at first because he thought it was a mannequin with blue jeans like fully dressed laying on the ground it's never a mannequin it ain't it
1: ain't ever a mannequin you never know who just leaves a mannequin
0: hey it's never a mannequin
1: and then there's my story last week where the guy saw a sheet in the river and he's like nope calling the cops not even thinking about looking at it
0: (laughs) <laughs> no, sir. Good job, and buddy. <laughs> immediately eat myself out of this situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but as he got closer, uh, he realized it was a body, and it ended up being the body of twelve-year-old Mark Stebbins.
1: No, I mean I saw it coming, but also
0: so sad. this happened at about eleven forty-five, like I had said. Another person told police that they had walked their dog around that parking lot every day just so it could get some exercise. And they had walked that morning around 9.30 a.m. Uh, the same morning the body was found. Uh, he said his dog was on a 20-foot leash and that they walked that part, the entire parking lot. He said if that body was there at that time, his dog would have found it. If that's true, Mark's body wasn't there at 9.30 a.m., mm-hmm. but it was at 11.45 a.m. So someone dropped it off in broad daylight. Yeah, within um, like an hour a and a hour. half, two hours span. Yes. Uh, the autopsy showed... The cause of death was asphyxia by way of smothering, but the report also showed rope burns on his neck, wrists, and ankles, and he was sexually assaulted with a foreign object.
1: Ugh. Uh,
0: however, uh, the Oakland County prosecutor at the time said that Mark's body was washed by an autopsy team, which washed away all the fingerprints, if there were any.
1: What? Huh? Okay they washed his body before they like Mm -hmm. examined it
0: yeah why it was the 70s
1: i just but i mean fingerprints have been a
0: thing forever i don't know if they had assumed it was already taken care of and then somebody washed it and then went hey we haven't done that yet or some bleeding heart was like oh this poor kid and Mm -hmm. just like cleaned him up right Oof. okay however just keep that in mind that okay. They be- they had they believed that an autop- the op- that he was washed that the autopsy team had washed him away. Okay. Okay. So second victim was Jill Robinson. Now they have not connected anything yet. Joel so you know. or Joe. Jill. J I L. Female. She was a 12 year old from Royal Oak, Michigan. Uh, her parents were both divorced. She lived with her mother, Carol, in Royal Oak and visited her father regularly. Her family was Roman Catholic. And she was described as a loner, but a good student. Carol and Jill would butt heads; um, they'd fight like normal mother and daughter would do. Um, and on December in December of nineteen seventy six, Jill ran away from home. But like okay. not like ran away like it was like a twelve year old runs away. I'm going to pack right. my backpack and get on my bike, and I'm leaving.
1: It's like I'm just never coming back. Where are yes. you going to go? Where are you what going? Are you You're do? twelve. You're bringing what? A book yeah. and a snack. <laughs>
0: yes so according to carol jill's mother um the two were arguing about biscuits basically jill was asked to help make them for dinner she refused and sometime after they were arguing carol basically said well maybe you need to leave until you want to be a part of the family just like you know a mom Uh,
1: oh yeah no i I was just gonna say fair comment just being like all right well maybe until you're ready to act up or act right
0: yeah so she went to her room, packed her a backpack with a plaid blanket, some clothes, and dressed herself in a blue jeans, a shirt, an orange winter coat, and a blue hat, um, and then just slammed the door and rode her bike away from her, her mother and her home. And she was later seen by a family friend at, hobby shop, uh, at a hobby shop on Woodward Avenue, about four and a half blocks away from her mom's home. Mm -hmm. and then Uh, the next morning two witnesses said they saw her in a donut depot on maple road so they called the police though that night at like 11 o'clock right so she had like stormed out around she had stormed out around dinner time i think they probably gave her a little bit and then went to try and find her and then realized they couldn't find her and then they called the police
1: right i'm like i'm sure they both were just kind of like okay you know run away then whatever you'll she'll be back in like an hour and then she didn't come back and it was like (gasps) Okay, well, let's go from here.
0: Okay, so Jill was found on the side of I-75 north of Big Beaver Road. She was laying on her back, fully clothed, not bound in any way, but a ring of deep dark red surrounded her head. Um, The killer had transported her there, then shot her at close range in the head with a shotgun. Poor thing. It was later decided that Jill was fed and cared for for at least three days, hence the babysitter killer.
1: Gross. Okay.
0: She was washed, clean, and with no signs of sexual abuse at all.
1: Oh, so washed, huh? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All right. All
1: right.
0: The third victim, Christine Milek, was 10 years old from Berkeley, Michigan, uh, her parents were divorced she lived with her mother in berkeley she was described as a quiet but good student her parents were roman catholic okay. she was fifth grader at Paddingill elementary school
1: okay
0: she was reported missing on january 2nd 1977 after she failed to return home from a 7-eleven store on 12 mile road so this was obviously during like hey you're 10 you can go to the 7-11 by yourself
1: right go ahead here's here's a dime go grab some candy you yeah know.
0: um a mail carrier found her fully clothed body 19 days later on the side of a rural road in franklin village she had been smothered to death less than 24 hours earlier so he had kept her so for 19
1: days well 19 days. days yeah uh,
0: and her body was within view of all of the nearby homes she was not sexually assaulted and she was in the clothes that she had they were clean and in the in the clothes that she had been abducted in
1: why is that creepier than just like having on random clothes
0: Mm-hmm. okay uh there were no signs of violence and that um her body was on its back with its knees drawn up she was had been washed she was clean yeah wow uh so state police sergeant robert robertson (laughs) supervised the removal of her body 35 officers from nine different departments made a task force the prosecutor patterson called the strongest effort it had it has ever been seen in the county and they were charged with tracking down her abductor she was the fifth young person from oakland county to die within the year as of late january 1977 patterson at that point had no evidence to link their deaths other than just like similarities similarities but there was no
1: actual direct connection
0: right okay so the fourth victim well they hadn't put all of the they i don't think they had together. even put all of the similarities together mm-hmm. at that point so the fourth victim was timothy king he was 11 years old from birmingham michigan uh michigan his parents were not divorced he lived with them in birmingham michigan michigan um his family was roman catholic Uh, He was described as an outgoing boy who was athletic and well-liked. Okay. He left his Birmingham home uh, with 30 cents he borrowed from his older sister, Catherine, and headed to the corner store. He wanted some candy, and it wasn't rare for him to make this trip. It was only three blocks. Um, He left with a skateboard, football, and headed toward the Hunter Maple Pharmacy. Tim's older brothers, he had two, were not around. One was babysitting a neighbor's kids while the other was rehearsing for school play. His parents were out to dinner at a nearby restaurant. Uh, The clerk at the pharmacy said she sold Tim candy, and he left through the back door in a dark parking lot at around 8.30 p.m. They searched everywhere for Tim. They called his friends, searched the neighborhood and surrounding area. By 9.15 a.m. the next day, uh, Chief Tobin called on the task force requesting their involvement. By that afternoon, the day after Tim went missing, headquarters were established in the firehouse just a few blocks from the King family home. They did door-to-door searches. Uh, Classmates were questioned. Uh, He was abducted on a Wednesday. By Thursday, 100 lawmen from Oakland County, volunteers, Oakland County Sheriff's investigators, the county helicopter, and the special Oakland County task force were all searching for him. Um, That Thursday, the King stayed behind in their house most of the day Uh, But they basically just said they want Tim to come home, but they kind of stayed kind of sequestered away from everybody. Uh, Eventually, a woman came forward with some vital information. She said she saw Tim talking to a man in the pharmacy parking lot. She said Tim and the man were about two car lengths away from her. She was able to describe the man she saw talking to the boy who she believed to be Tim King. The witness also described the vehicle she believed the man was driving, which was a dark blue AMC Gremlin with a white stripe on its side. Uh, the police say the man, w- described by witnesses, was between 25 and 35 years old, white, with a dark brown haircut in a shag style. He had mutton chop sideburns. <laughs> oh, mutton chops! A fair, a fair complexion, um, and was husky. There. Uh, He was driving a late model blue AMC Gremlin with white wall tires. They also said they suspected Tim was abducted by one or possibly two men. And that person or people could have been involved in the other six cases of the murdered children from the area. So then not the, I I went over four, this is including Tim. There were two others that had been missing already. Um, There was a couple other that were proved to be part of something else. Like there's in this area, there was a lot of abductions happening and kids being murdered.
1: Dude, it's like a
0: portal. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> what if it's Pennywise? That's what it is. It might be. You don't know. You don't know. Uh, they suspected they were dealing with a sophisticated, intelligent, educated man, and or possibly a team. They also said the man was the type of person a child would trust instinctively. His father went on to make a public plea for his son's abductors, uh, which he did on local TV. But then on March 23rd, 1977... On a dirt road in Livonia, just a short distance away from a very busy intersection, they found Timothy King. He was dead in a ditch, wearing the same clothes he had on when he left for the pharmacy a week earlier. About 15 feet away from his body was his skateboard and football. Autopsy reports showed whoever had Tim took care of him. They fed him his favorite meal, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and cleaned and groomed him thoroughly before they suffocated him. However, they also raped him repeatedly while he was held captive.
1: So, so far, the boys are the ones that are suffering the sexual assault, correct? Like, the sexual Uh, mutilation, in a sense. Yeah. And then, let's see, what was I gonna... You know, you said there's been, like, multiple, like, kids found, and I Mm -hmm. still was just like, dang, like, it. I was hoping that maybe this was one where he would show up and something would happen and he'd be fine, but...
0: no oh you're
1: right Um, this is draining
0: yes okay so there were two other suspected um abductions and murders that they believe could have been tied to these as well okay um that was for cynthia cadu 16 of roseville she was found bludgeoned to death on january 16th in bloomingfield township um and then jane allen 14 was found dead in a river in miamisburg ohio ohio miamisburg I know. <laughs> on August 11th, four days after she accepted a ride while hitchhiking from Michigan, um she had died from what they believed was carbon monoxide poisoning. So they weren't. They were they're like, like it's probably not. Probably but... not, but it's possible, it's suspected. And then it's also possible the third one was Alice King, who disappeared from Warren on September 15th, 1979. They believe she was abducted and that her disappearance is connected to the unsolved ki- killings, but they never found her body. So, the investigation. After they discovered Milik's body, which was the third, yes, Mm -hmm. third victim, um, authorities noticed similarities shared by her case and those of Stebbins and Robinson and King. And reports were released warning the public that a serial killer was possibly operating in the Oakland County area. The state police led a group of law enforcement officials with that task force, I said.
1: Mhm.
0: They claimed that it was the most intensive investigation ever conducted by the county, which is actually saying something because at this point in time was when they were trying to find Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, okay. So they were like more focused on this than Jimmy Hoffa. Right. Uh they checked more than 18,000 tips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had a stroke. Okay. They the task force checked more than 18,000 tips which resulted in about two dozen arrests on unrelated charges and the discovery of multi-state child pornography ring operating on North Fox Island in Lake Michigan. Uh, The task force was unable to make much headway in the investigation, so they disbanded in 1978 with the investigation being turned over to the state police, and they never really, they involved the FBI, they involved multiple people, but they were never really able to go anywhere with it they had nothing wow. to go on so they did have a couple of suspects uh the first one is frank and allen the frank and allen letters which is kind of it's a weird thing so and just keep this in the back of your nugget for a bit So, a few weeks after the king's murder a psychiatrist who worked with the task force received a letter riddled with spelling errors written by an anonymous author who was allen claiming to be sadomasochist, a sadomasochist slave of the killer frank Allen wrote that they had both served in the vietnam war and that frank was traumatized by having killed children he had taken revenge on he was taking revenge on the affluent citizens um, like the residents of birmingham for sending forces to vietnam uh, he said that the psychiatrist had to respond by printing coded words the weather bureau says trees to bloom in three weeks and in an edition of the D- detroit free press Uh, and then they would provide he would provide photographic evidence in exchange for immunity from prosecution they did that but they never got any response
1: that's that's a very elaborate story if not true
0: yeah (laughs) just like wow uh that's a lot of information to take in so the next suspect suspect suspect, was oh, Archibald... <laughs> it doesn't even
1: sound like a word anymore.
0: <laughs> I'm about to say a name. Archibald Edward Sloan. <laughs> oh, wow. That is a name. Archibald Edward. Alright. He was a child molester fucker oh, who... picked well, fuck a that guy then. ...young boys in his neighborhood. He became a person of interest after hair samples found in his 1966 Pontiac Bonneville matched. Hair found on the bodies of king and stebbins but the hair was not from sloan himself okay uh they claim to have seen king being abducted by two men one described as being in his late 20s and the other described as bearing a strong resemblance to serial killer john wayne gacy who intrigued
1: was that's illinois it's right next to it
0: allegedly in michigan around the time of the killings however once gacy was caught his dna did not match the dna found on the victim's bodies
1: Wow, what an ironic mm-hmm. thing! Okay,
0: so then the next suspect was Ted Lamborghini.
1: Uh, police, <laughs> <laughs> your face is what makes it Lamborghini.
0: Lamborghini. Uh, police in northern Ohio arrested Ted, who was a retired auto worker, believed to have been involved in a child pornography ring in the seventies. On March twenty seventh, two thousand and seven investigators told Detroit television that Lamborghini was considered the top suspect in this case. He pled guilty to 15 sex-related counts involving young boys rather than accept a plea bargain that would have required him to take a polygraph test on the Oakland County killings. Okay. also rejected an offer of a reduced sentence in exchange for a polygraph on that case.
1: So he just didn't want people to know the whole truth and...
0: He did not want to take a polygraph in regards to the Oakland killings.
1: Apparently not.
0: Yes. In October of 2007, the family of Mark Stebbins filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Lamborghini, seeking $25,000. It alleges that Lamborghini, who lived in Metro Detroit in the late 1970s, abducted Stebbins, held him captive in a Royal Oak house for four days before smothering him to death during a sexual assault. He has never been formally linked nor charged in the death of Stebbins. Uh, and they sought compensation, including funeral costs for Stebbins' brother, but stressed that money is secondary. But they never, uh, that hasn't, I never don't know if it's still in court, but I couldn't find the results of that. Never
1: came to fruition. and
0: Okay. Um, so another weird suspect or connection to this, they're kind of not sure. It sparked new interest when King's father, barry and brother chris tried to get the state police to release information about chris bush the son of general motors executive harold lee bush he had been in police custody shortly before king's abduction for suspected involvement in child pornography tell me more he allegedly committed suicide in november of 1978 however and this is a big however slash but okay there was no gunshot residue found on him though and no blood spatter the entry wound was between his eyes like directly between his eyes there were four shell casings found in bush's room he was found wrapped neatly under his sheets bloodstained ligatures were found in his apartment as was a hand-drawn image of a boy closely resembling stebbins screaming which was found pinned to the wall
1: i feel like that sounds like maybe not suicide wasn't self-inflicted mm-hmm okay
0: they had There had been no confirmed activity on the Oakland County child killer for nearly 20 months prior to Bush's death, and he was in custody during that time.
1: Oh, so I'm feeling like he is like a good fit.
0: The state police released 3,400 pages of investigative reports to Barry King, Tim's father, under the Freedom of Information Act, including dna tests of new sp- suspects and the bloodstained literature and sketch from bush's apartment but there was a lot of redacted information in that as well
1: okay
0: uh king's sister compiled an archive of investigation material as the case grew so that like timothy king's like family is like we're not letting this go right um upon researching the case records the king family produced a documentary entitled decades of deceit which condemns the police and prosecutors for alleged shoddy investigations and uncooperative communication and in particular of disregarding the leads the family discovered in 2006. Uh, funds generated from the sale of the documentary were donated to the tim king fund which is designated to help abuse children and support activities for Birmingham children. Uh, So there were forensic DNA tests conducted in 2012, which showed that hair found on the seat of Sloan's car and on the bodies of Stebbins and King were a match, and they came from the same unknown man. The hair DNA does not match Sloan, but implicates someone he knew or lent his car to. Okay. And then in 2013, an anonymous informant reported a blue AMC gremlin buried in a farm field now being developed in Grand Blanc, Michigan. Police are investigating the gremlin for ties to the crime um, as King was last seen in a blue gremlin. I couldn't find any updates on that either. Okay. So here's where it takes a weird turn.
1: Sorry, I feel like I'm not saying much, but I'm trying to no. like absorb all this information and, and keep this it is- all
0: so Straight that's, in my that's all the information about the victims the investigation and kind of where it's at in regards to police right okay So there's not any new leads they don't have any suspects it's never been solved well they it's have a, suspects but they it's
1: pretty well a cold case it's a, it's, yes it's inactive
0: so here's this weird thing that i found at the end where i was like um This is fucking weird, and it kind of reminds me of Mark Dutro, but at the same time, it also has um, the feel of satanic panic. Okay, so like a conspiracy? um, What's his nuts? The one that last podcast just did a series on. What's his nuts? Um, What's his fucking name? Mark uh, I know the comedian. Well,
1: comedian. Yeah, that's a
0: very loose term. For um, him. what's his fucking name? I know who you're talking about. Let me. Mike Warnke. Mike Warnke. Um, that's who I'm talking about. It's got kind of those vibes as well. So okay, we're gonna we're gonna just quick hop through this and then I'm done.
1: <laughs> okay, I feel like
0: I've been rambling on for forever, but um, so Jeff Gannon in 2005. Well it's an unidentified man who goes by Jeff Gannon Um, in 2005 became like a common figure in the case that was still being done because he contacted um, the Oakland County investigators and stated he remembered an acquaintance uh, and was reminded that he had in 1970 or of of an acquaintance he had in 1977 who took him to buildings where satanic rituals were allegedly performed. He also mentioned details written in Allen's letter that were not known to the public. He requested information about the Allen letter to help him confirm his suspicions, but was denied. Okay, so he is pretty sure this is the guy, but he doesn't know unless he can see the details. And they won't give him the details. Okay. Uh, In 2010, he gave a recorded interview to the Oakland County investigators and prosecutor Jessica Cooper to present evidence pertaining to the investigation, like saying, this is all my evidence. I want to see that letter to see if it's true or not. And they dismissed his suggestions, described the interview as a rambling statement outlining a theory that the Oakland County child killer abductions and murders were related to pagan holidays, the lunar calendar, and Wiccan rituals, Okay, which there really hasn't been any proven satanic ritual, like slayings. Like,
1: yeah, no, I'm not, like, they're talking about Wiccan and stuff. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of it's ag- not the same against
0: their yeah.
1: beliefs, but all right, whatever. They're
0: different things. So yeah, okay. um, Jeff proceeded to correspond with Deborah Jarvis, which was the mother of Christine Milik and investigative journalists such as Bill Proctor and Heather Contalo in 2010. He claimed that he was among a team of a dozen investigators involved with the case and could identify the perpetrator of the crimes, but refused to indicate which law enforcement division he worked for. Uh, he Dude, claimed that's was... sketchy. No one's going to give you any information. And remember, right. remember, Jeff is anonymous. No one knows who he is. That's just his name. He goes by.
1: I just go by Jeff.
0: <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Um, He claimed to have invested 10,000 hours into the investigation over several years, was reluctant to release his results as he doubted the competence of the Wayne and Oakley County investigators. In a press release email, he indicated possible meddling by Cooper and other reasons why he, which was one of the investigators, and other reasons why he had not made his investigation public. Um, Which, so Paul Hughes, who's the attorney representing Deborah Jarvis, uh, which is Milik's mom. Mm-hmm. His investigation discovered the murderer. However, according to Hughes, he refused to identify the culprit unless the authorities divulged the information which Jeff requested during the interviews. Basically, he wants to confirm, like he thinks those letters will 100% mm-hmm. confirm who he thinks it is but he won't divulge who it is until he can confirm it 100%.
1: Or he wants to know the information, Right. tell you his real name and has this reasoning. To, oh yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. That's one okay. thing. It's got, it's got a Mark Dutro oh, vibe. I it's guess. got a warranty <laughs> vibe. It's got, it's got some weird stuff. So in 2012, uh, Jeff presented his findings to a select group of Detroit journalists via Hughes cell phone. Uh, so it was just like a call. To preserve his anonymity, he insisted that his phone interview with Hughes not be recorded. He theorized that the killers were conducting Wiccan human sacrifice rituals coinciding with pagan celebrations or the lunar calendar. According to Jeff, there were a total of approximately 11 to 16 victims, which there were more kids that had been gone and Mm -hmm. just saying. He claimed his team found a number of similarities among the cases that were highly unlikely to be purely coincidental. Based on the information, Hughes attempted a lawsuit against the Oakland County authorities for $100 million citing mishandling of the investigation and demanding Cooper's resignation. The lawsuit alleged cover-up conspiracies and obstruction of justice. Hughes' website solicited donations and offered a copy of Jeff's report for donations of $1,500. The family of the victims, as well as Cooper, claimed that hughes and jeff were attempting to profit on their distress and the case was dismissed in march of 2012. yeah
1: that's a that's a lot of uh just shit just shit okay
0: so wanna... in february of 2019 just in case anyone wants to watch it the investigation discovery channel aired a two-part four-hour documentary about the killings um Heather Catalo announced that a key suspect, convicted child offender, um, Archibald Edward Sloan, had failed a polygraph test when he was interviewed eventually by the Oakland County Child Killer Task Force in 2010 and 2012. New DNA technology found that Sloan's car contained that mitochondrial hair sample. Uh-huh. Uh, so they believe he knew or the killer or killers or was participating in that, but that is as far as they have gotten. And do you know what that... Is the babysitter killer.
1: Do you know what that two-part documentary is?
0: Um, You would ask that, and I would not have that name in there. I don't know um, why you wouldn't. Let me... It sounds
1: like something exciting for me to watch when I'm home alone today.
0: You know what you should watch? This is a totally... Um, are you, Do you have Paramount or Discovery Plus? Yes. You should watch Finding Andrea.
1: You know, I've seen um things
0: for it there's four things and i binged it and it was very there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot there. of weird stuff okay yeah wrote her down um investigative id channel hold on i'll find it i put ID, Id and then i was like i should probably
1: just ask the
0: name id channel uh it's the babysitter killer under dark minds okay and that is the oakland county child killings aka the babysitter killer very good very good good cheese my friend good
1: soup. all right i'm gonna tell you the story of tracy andrews okay so tracy andrews was born april 9th of 1969 to a couple who divorced when she was about six or eight i read and heard multiple different ages so when she was a kid okay uh near Birmingham, England.
0: Birmingham. That's weird. We had Birmingham. I know. <laughs> Michigan. And you were in Birmingham. Why? Why does this like synchronicity happen? I know. Well, every single he, episode.
1: And you said Birmingham. And I was like, I'm in Birmingham.
0: I'm in Birmingham. <laughs> and you're in Birmingham.
1: Ham. Nice. Nice. Uh, after graduating, Tracy became a hairdresser for a little bit and then she became a bartender. Um, but her dream was to become a model. So she became a bartender and put together like a portfolio and was getting stuff together to do the modeling thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the age of 22, Tracy gave birth to a daughter with her boyfriend at that time, Andy. But they broke up shortly after the birth of their daughter. And Andy says the reason they broke up is because Tracy was a, had a bit of a temper. And she'd get very worked up over very small things. And he just was like, I can't this is too much too much it's
0: much too much for me um
1: in 1994 when she was 25 she meets a man named lee harvey at a night club.
0: no okay just making sure no
1: no different Someone... one they're in Eng- we're in england
0: right now. i know now. i just didn't know if it was gonna take like a left turn or what
1: <laughs> we like went back in time and then also to a different country um only a little bit back in time well no it's in the 80s now okay anyway <laughs> um or in the 90s uh so she meets this man lee harvey at a nightclub in birmingham uh,
0: Birmingham.
1: <laughs> every time i say it i just want to be like birmingham because any, any of the little like news clips and stuff that i watched they were obviously had the english accent and they I'm were like, obviously uh, from birmingham <laughs> birmingham uh, so every time i heard it i was like <laughs> uh I fucking no he, he was a bus driver, which apparently what I read is like what he wanted to do. He enjoyed just like being able to do that. So he was a bus driver. That's what he wanted to do his, as he grew up. And I don't know if it was for kids or around the city. It didn't say, uh, also he else, al- he also had a daughter from a previous relationship. So she has a daughter. He has a daughter. They link up, um, from what everybody said, they Pretty much had an instant attraction to each other were kind of like connected right away and pretty much didn't leave each other's side after that uh the relationship went really fast within four months lee was in living with tracy for example so they kind of just like jumped right into everything uh according to everyone around them though the couple would fight and argue constantly um most of the arguments would start because of lee's relationship with his daughter's wife because tracy was a very jealous person so uh anytime because they tried to be civil right Mm -hmm. to raise their daughter so anytime that they would make any contact she would get all weird and get short with him about things um and the daughter's mom was named anita just so we're all on the same page uh they. it seems like at the same time though Tracy also had like a decent relationship with her daughter's father in fact Lee would get uncomfortable with them because it was more flirtatious than just being friendly so I don't know if they just had a volatile relationship and both of them had like trust issues
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: it turns out that <clears throat> sorry Lee's family also did not like Tracy. They said that Tracy was vain, arrogant, controlling. They didn't like how she treated Lee and how um, she kind of carried herself and interacted with them. Okay. Uh, The relationship turned into one of those where they would be on and off again constantly. They'd have like blow up fights. Lee would pack a bag. He'd move out and go to his mom's. And then within a couple days, he'd get his stuff back together and go back to the house
0: the worst
1: yeah the worst just
0: fucking break up
1: in fact it totally even had like the threw all of his stuff in the garbage bags and threw it out the window onto the lawn moment like that was actually a story
0: just fucking break
1: up right i don't i don't understand um but i don't thrive off of drama either so you know it's like okay whatever dude Um, (laughs) whatever dude whatever dude One night, Tracy was going out with her girlfriends, and she specifically told Lee that she didn't want him to go to the same nightclub as her. Um, She just wanted to have a night with the girls, not think about or worry about him seeing her or whatever. Which I think is a little weird, but also. That
0: is a ploy to get him to come to the nightclub yes i'm sorry well, but that is definitely a girl like like you I'm better not club. you better not come i just want to have fun with my friends without you being there <laughs> and then she's like i can't believe you didn't show up the next day right so
1: lee did show up though <laughs> oh what a so, mistake and tracy was back pissed oh wow, she was mad huh um i'm not sure if it was like a purposeful showing up to just like check in on her or if they just happened to go to the same one and he didn't know where she was. It didn't really clarify that. But they got into this blowout fight. Um, she slapped Lee, punched Lee, and then bit him in the neck. And his friend said that it was like a bite out of an apple. Like you could see the marks that didn't take the chunk away. So it was like a like a beefy bite. Ew. Uh, so after this, an unspecified amount specified amount of time Lee proposed to Tracy I know I know I just, rub your forehead just i push the eyebrows back
0: she fucking bit you dude well like, she's the, is she the victim in this uh no oh okay i thought you said never mind okay
1: <laughs> no no <laughs> uh so lee proposes to her and from what he, his friend said he did this because he thought maybe it would stabilize their relationship
0: that's like saying we're gonna have a baby to make a relationship better. yeah
1: so uh clearly that didn't work but tracy was extremely excited to be engaged because she oh. loved attention
0: oh good loved it i'm happy like, for her good for right? you, you so, look good for you you look happy and healthy hell there <laughs>
1: Good for you. <laughs> uh so immediately she's like, How are we gonna announce this to everybody? Like, what should we do? Well, there was a family barbecue coming up. So they're like, we'll just announce it at the barbecue. And like secretly, I think she was kind of going like that way the whole night. I'll just have like all the attention and everything talk about it.
0: About me.
1: Exactly. Uh so they get to this barbecue, right? they got there late. I'm not sure why, but it said they got there late. And when they got there, Lee's sister stood up and said she had an announcement to make. Her and her boyfriend just got engaged. Yay. Wind immediately out of sales and Tracy went ballistic. Like At started the barbecue? Yeah. Started yelling that everybody had planned this, that they just wanted to embarrass her, that da-da-da-da-da. Like anybody knew. Nobody knew
0: oh shit yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah it's I'm like
0: dude dramatic I'm not a drama drama I'm not a drama person I'm I'm not not into drama I'm not into drama (laughs) (laughs) however I am the person that's like in the back like oh I mean I'll just kind of look out I'm the one I'm the neighbor with the beep I was thinking the neighbor that's
1: that's vacuuming their lawn. Yeah. Just like listening.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? Just vacuuming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to be involved in it, but if I could have a front row seat to it. And uh, then just occasionally throw a little like <laughs> pepper into the spoop. <laughs> I'm just gonna just gonna stir this a little bit. I heard her say your mama. And then <laughs> just back out of it, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: so now there's some like weird tension after the sister announced her engagement that Uh, yeah well yeah on top of her just like freaking out like a little kid uh there was weird tension like Tracy expected her daughter to be part of this sister's wedding and the sister's like no she can come obviously she's welcome but I'm not gonna have her be a bridesmaid because I have my bridesmaids all picked out whatever and so Tracy proclaims that she's not even going to go to the wedding. And she tells Lee, you can't go to the wedding either or she'll break up with him. I'm so annoyed. I know. And he I mean he agrees he doesn't go to the wedding. He misses his sister's wedding because Tracy's throwing a tantrum about her daughter not being a bridesmaid in it. Ugh. Uh so Lee's family is just done with Tracy. They like didn't interact with her unless they absolutely had to, they didn't, you know, it was kind of like, if she's around, she's around, but nobody really put any effort into making sure she was part of the family in any way. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So uh, (laughs) where is it? There it is. Okay. Tracy now gets pregnant. Good. Great. Wonderful.
0: Uh, Congratulations.
1: So the couple kind of, together decide to turn a new leaf in their relationship and try their best to stop arguing because they're gonna have full-time child at their house now because I think the daughters just came and went like they weren't the full-time parents Mm -hmm. for them and so they're like we want it want this child to be brought into a different world that's not so stressful not so whatever um two months into the pregnancies though Tracy suffers a miscarriage and Lee is just devastated Like this was one of those things that just broke him Mm -hmm. um and Lee's family comes back into the picture as support for both of them because they were like okay yeah we don't care for you but this is clearly something that we need to be around to like help with your help with
0: yeah traumatic issue yeah you know um
1: soon enough though the two started arguing again they went right back to their old ways of like instant volatile Mm -hmm. blow-ups Um, from what I could tell though like Lee was not much of a like instigator of it Uh, he and he never got physical with her she would get physical and like like at that bar that bar thing would slap him around and push him and stuff Uh, but they start arguing again and in one of these blow-up arguments Lee finds out that Tracy didn't have a miscarriage she aborted the baby without Lee's like opinion even
0: oh shit
1: yeah so obviously this just like
0: this bitch
1: this is a huge thing for whatever reason Lee stays anyway not sure why I'm assuming it's like the abused yeah situation where it's hard to tear away um so November 30th 1996 Tracy took the two daughters so lee's daughter and her daughter um out for a girl's day and lee offered to bring his daughter home to her mom for tracy so she didn't have to drive over there and do that and apparently this was a really big deal to tracy she felt like he was trying just to see this girl and they must be doing stuff together and whatever um so they have this big fight probably one of the biggest fights they've had um according to things like they just, it was just a big blow up but once things kind of like settled they decided okay well let's just go get ourselves a drink at the pub and just calm down get out of the house take a breather right after they've dropped off the girls and stuff so they go to the pub that's about 10 minutes away it's the one they regularly go to um and they leave that pub at about 9:45 uh once they Oh, sorry. I totally jumped back up. Their route they take was kind of a country route and it was winding and very narrow roads, but it's the route they took every time they went there. So Mm -hmm. they were very familiar with it. Um, Fast forward to 1045 and a couple who lived on the road that they took to get to the pub and get home um, heard some screaming. And so when they looked out the window they saw a couple which was Tracy and Lee and they could tell that there was blood and Tracy was holding Lee and so they called emergency services like instantly Uh, when they got when emergency services got there Lee was pronounced dead on the scene he was already dead and he had been stabbed 42 times in the neck in the neck chest and back so just like all over the place
0: 42 times oh god your arm would be so sore
1: uh yeah so Tracy had some superficial cuts and bruises on her face but for the most part she was fine but hysterical like freaking out she couldn't remember exactly what happened at the moment and they brought her to the hospital to get stitches because she did need stitches for um, lacerations in her face and she just took a lot of trips to the bathroom the staff like noted it it was so weirdly like oh got up went to the bathroom would come back a few minutes later goes to the bathroom again so they're like she just kind of was acting a little shifty and what were you doing in the bathroom lady What, what you doing there bud uh right Around 1 a.m., Tracy, after she's gotten all of her stuff taken care of, they made sure she's good. Tracy goes to the police department for a little bit of questioning to figure out what happened, what's going on. Um, and so she tells her story. She said that they left the pub at about 9.45, and as they were driving down the road, there was another car that came up like flew up behind them and was flashing their lights and honking their horn and like trying to get really close and then backing up and then really close mm-hmm. clearly just like wanting trouble and trying to piss whoever that was off right whoever was in the car that they were doing that to off which was Lee and Tracy and apparently Lee lost his patience and pulled over so they so did the other car uh they both got out of the the driver and Lee both got out of the car and started having this like yelling fight whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that when they both started to return to the car, the passenger in the other car got out of that car and came like beeline to Lee and just started like attacking him and beating on him according to what Tracy thought it was. She said he started beating on him, so she got out of the car, jumped on this guy to try to pull him off and the guy turned around and called her a slut and then punched her in the face like bang bang punched her in the face and so that's her bruising and her cuts because turns out this guy had a knife Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and so after a few seconds of this like beating continuing uh, the passenger gets up goes back to the car and they just drive off so Tracy runs over to Lee at that point when he she's able to get to him and notices that it wasn't that he was getting punched he was getting stabbed um hence the multiple stab wounds all over Mm -hmm. the place um so tracy said that the passenger was an older looking man with a donkey jacket which is just like a jacket but it has like leather flaps over the shoulders okay um i had to look it up because i was like a donkey jacket
0: (laughs) he was wearing a donkey as a jacket
1: (laughs) what uh and she quote said he was a fat man with starry eyes and the car was a ford sierra in a dark color
0: fat man with starry eyes i'm guessing she's going
1: couldn't see really details but i could see the reflection in his eyes from the fucking santa
0: i don't know
1: (laughs) right right um one thing the police find really odd is that the blood on tracy um it wasn't like transfer blood. It was spatter, like, Uh, like splashing. It wasn't like rubbed onto her. Well, obviously this did not happen. Right. Exactly. So she said that it must have been from when she was holding Lee, but the police officers were like, no, that's not how blood transfers. It's not going to just squirt up onto you.
0: It's wrong. Um, You're wrong.
1: So Lee's family was super suspicious of tracy obviously right off the bat they know her like temper and volatile being uh the story didn't sound likely either he wasn't an angry person and he didn't like have angry violent outbursts he would never have pulled over to like confront somebody on the road he would have just kept going and hoped for the best Mm -hmm. they're like this just doesn't even sound like something he would do uh police hold hold a press conference to find some witnesses to help them figure out who this man was and solve the case kind of get a hold of them because apparently there had been a road rage murder that happened a couple weeks earlier in the like in the close range area uh they knew who that was but they're like is this just like a thing now people are doing this to try to get away with killing whatever Mm -hmm. so they're like we need to figure out who this is so we can get them into custody because we're not having this happen over and over again. Right. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sorry. Huh. They asked Tracy to speak at this press conference, which she does. Originally, she kind of seemed to like go, I don't know if I want to, I don't know, you know, whatever. And then she agreed to do it. But I think secretly she really liked it because she was at the center of attention. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to be a thing that she just loved. So first, Tracy retells the story uh, that she told the police, quote, we were just uh, followed and chased um, along the lanes. Um, It was a chase. uh, It was a chase of both Lee and the other person were uh, like playing cat and mouse with each other, unquote. And so she then tells, starts talking about like straight to the driver like she's trying to make which was not prompted to her they did not tell her to do that they said just tell your story ask for you know information that's it and all of a sudden she like turned into this and which was weird to the police because most of the time they have to like either media or the police have to prompt p- victims into like actually giving information more than just like face value this is all i you know uh you know mm-hmm. cuz they get nervous and they're still kind of in shock uh and she says quote whoever this person is that was with you obviously you know him but he's ruined my life he's ruined the lives of marine and ray lee's mom and dad and um please just tell us who he is and and she started like saying saying stuff about how you won't get in trouble we're just looking for the passenger even though that's not fucking true no yeah you know and the police you can see them in the interview kind of like side-eyeing each other trying not to show that they're like this wasn't planned this isn't something that we told her to do they just yeah. want to anyway so the whole thing kind of threw everybody for the loop for a loop and then usually like I said the press conference has to be kind of prompted to, for people uh they also said that this little speech seemed almost rehearsed because she was so like when she was telling the story it was a lot of um uh it, uh uh And then when she went to go talking to the driver, it was so direct and
0: she didn't Mm -hmm. stumble
1: over her words as much. Um, When she finished her little monologue, they opened up for questioning with journalists and one just straight up said, the timeline doesn't add up, Tracy. What did you do between 9.45 and 10.45 on a 10 minute drive when you only got a couple minutes out onto the road? And to this, she just got all like like uh, all of a sudden she was overwhelmed with emotions and they ended the press conference because she was like <sighs> so they ended the press conference and it's like oh that told so much to everybody you just went all like oh shit they actually are asking me questions they're not just going oh I'm a cute traumatized girl
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: ask me anything what a bit yeah no she's something else She is something. We'll say that. Uh, So at this point, most people are suspicious of her. Uh, Then on the 4th of December, Tracy was rushed. Remember this all happened on the 30th of November. Mm -hmm. Tracy was rushed to the hospital after an attempted suicide. She attempted to overdose. She had written a suicide note to her daughter saying that she couldn't, she couldn't imagine being without Lee around and, whatever. But she got to the hospital. Her stomach was pumped. She survived. Um, While she was recovering, police were starting to get more leads in the case. A couple came forward after the press conference on TV and said that they had been driving on that same road behind Tracy and Lee. And they knew that it was them because Lee had like a uh, car that was a little bit different. So like they knew it was the car that they were following. And this car was kind of swerving and doing weird stuff on the road and they're assuming it's because they were arguing or fighting in the car um because it was like sporadic swerving it wasn't just like I'm drunk and weaving Um, right so they think something happened in the car um and then a little girl that lived near the house said near that house that witnessed them said that she could hear a man and a woman yelling and arguing not two men she never heard two men yelling okay so she was like yeah no it was a girl and a guy there was no two men
0: not plausible
1: so soon on december 7th uh the police arrested tracy for lee's murder um while she was still in the hospital so she was still recovering but they did the arrest warrant Mm -hmm. um she's granted bail and was released until court which is normal right um the media was obsessed with this case the uproar and like everybody was like oh she's so brave talking at this conference like people that were outside of the media and the people that were there and were like okay you're acting weird Mm -hmm. um and now they found out that she had been lying so everybody like went in this huge uproar. Paparazzi followed her around at all times. And it seemed like she was going out more now than she was before the paparazzi was following her. Again, oh. kind of leading to that attention thing.
0: Um uh, I know, gross. Uh, I'm just like, man, come on, get it together. Come. Well, and it was like kind of Jody Area slash Casey mm-hmm. Anthony it's, like, it's, oh,
1: look at me. I'm poor me. just a victim. <laughs> Uh, when the trial begins in July of 1997 she sticks with her story and pleads not guilty as everybody assumed she would okay um slowly the prosecution breaks down her story with character witnesses and the witnesses of the night they present what they believed actually happened which was that they were arguing about the daughter and it continued through the pub and as they left like there was little whether they were actually physically arguing at the pub probably not but it was it was continuing and that was just something that kind of kept going and so once they were in the car like maybe there was an offhanded comment or something mm-hmm. once they were in the car they started arguing All they were driving so they think that Tracy may have attacked him verbally and physically in the car hence his like sudden jerks of the wheel and trying not to
0: uh, um
1: yeah and then they think that he pulled over so that he wasn't swerving around the road anymore and got out of the car to get away from her and she followed him and was yelling at him he was yelling back hence the girl hearing the yelling between the boy and the girl right and then they believe that tracy ran to the passenger side and grabbed a swiss army knife out of the um glove compartment and that's what they think is the murder weapon because she came back and attacked him
0: like a tiny Um, little swiss murder Army knife, and
1: that's where they're like, "What do you mean?" That's you know that that's what the defense was trying to say is like, mm-hmm. "How would that happen?" Well, his final injury that caused him to die was bleeding out in the neck. So if she would have nicked his artery in his neck uh-huh.
0: soon after getting
1: starting this this uh attack, he would have been too weak within seconds to be able to really do anything other than just grab her hair fight her off you know just do this sort of stuff right and 42 fucking times that's so many times that is a lot uh so the initial stab that like they like i said probably caught an artery which made him unable to fight back for very long Mm -hmm. but he obviously tried to because i mean she had her like face facial lacerations and bruises when you know fighting off and he was stabbed to shit right um The physical evidence of the blood splatter on Tracy's sweater also was brought up as evidence and it showed that it wasn't transferred. They also found parts of the Swiss army knife that was used in the bushes next to where the attack took place. Mm -hmm. And they found proof that I'm not sure what the proof was. They didn't, I didn't read that, but they found proof that Tracy was disposing of the weapon uh at the hospital flushing it down the toilet and getting which is why she was going back and forth to like check to make sure it flushed or tried to do it again or tried to figure out whatever they're like why else would she be going back and forth to the bathroom and they believe or and they found an exact print bloody print of this swiss army knife in her inside of her boot that would have been sitting under her foot which is where she hid it to bring it into the hospital and then get rid of it
0: Oh, you fucking dumbass. (laughs) I was like, oh well it probably it probably would have been better for her to just chuck it into the whip it into the weeds, man. Well, dude,
1: and I'm just like, all of this evidence could go two different ways. Like they could have been in a fight and he was beating on her and she grabbed whatever she could to Mm
0: -hmm. take
1: care of him. Or then she
0: couldn't have stabbed him forty-two times because that's overly ill.
1: That's self-defense
0: you know exactly
1: so that's where they're like okay no you weren't whatever that's a rage but they didn't even they didn't even try to like argue that until after she was prosecuted
0: like Mm -hmm. you know it's just i'm sorry but 42 stabbings is a rage kill it's not self-defense right
1: so there was also a clump of tracy's hair in lee's hand 80 strands to be exact um Tracy tried to claim that Lee reached up to her after the attack or something like that. Like she was holding him and he pulled out 80 strands of your hair. No, you're wrong. That doesn't happen. That's wrong. That's someone trying to pull you off of them. Yes. When they're getting attacked. Uh, Anyway, so she was found guilty and received a life sentence with a minimum of 40 years. Uh, While in person, Tracy tries to Oh, prison. I said in person. Who am I? What is happening? Who while am in, I? Well, in prison, Tracy attempts to appeal because she says there was jury bias with all of the media attention, but this was denied. They're like, okay, but the, everything still points to you being guilty. So just because you're like, there was a lot of media attention. There's a lot of media attention on all of them. Right. It could be a thing, but it probably wasn't.
0: That's not,
1: um, that's not a thing. She now admits that she did the murder, but she said it was self-defense. Like I said, she doesn't even try to argue it till after she's been prosecuted. Um, she said that Lee had been abusing her, which there's absolutely no evidence of. In fact, there's evidence of the opposite happening, her being the abusive one in the relationship. Um, then there was some scandal when she went into prison because she got cosmetic surgery done on the dime of the, like, medical taxing in order to pay for prisoners' medical stuff. She had, like, a protruding jaw. And I don't know if there was, like, a medical reasoning for it or something, but Mm -hmm. everybody kind of was like, why is she getting paid for cosmetic surgery while she's in prison? This makes no sense.
0: This is weird.
1: Yeah. So they were not happy about that. Um, it took like five thousand pounds in order to do it, so it's not even like a small procedure. Um, so she was labeled as a shopaholic in prison too. How do you? Uh, <laughs> she would get letters and donations from people and fans and whatever supporters, whatever she wanted to call them, and she'd use the money to get makeup and beauty products, and she kind of became like a teacher of doing like beauty stuff in prison Ew. um yeah so tracy was released july of 2011 she was only 42 years old at the time and she changed her yeah no i know (sighs) i know that's not what a minimum of 40 what it's because she's a girl i know it's ridiculous pisses me off every time
0: double standard man i'm sorry for sure I'm sorry, but there is a very it goes
1: both ways on different things.
0: That's my issue with the whole feminist movement thing where it's this is gonna get political, but where it's like
1: sweet, let's do it, let's, let's fucking, fuck it. Let's let's, let's fuck this, do this it. before we start. Let's yeah, do let's it. do it.
0: No, it's just it's not even I'm not even gonna say anything bad. I mean people are probably gonna get pissed off, but I'm not even gonna say anything bad. It's just there's a double standard between I want equal pay, I want equal this, I want equal this. But I want to still be able to attack a man, and then if he hits me, right. I want to be able to say that he's a be- wife-beater. See, and Bitch, that, you punched him first, you know? That's
1: not even necessarily what, I wouldn't call that just feminism, that's like neo-feminism. Yeah. The new idea is that we should have everything and not have any consequences for it, in right. my, the way that I see it, mm-hmm. and I don't think that that's right either.
0: I'm all for girl power. I'm all for women equal having rights equal and- rights and women having their power but also if you attack a dude he has the right to defend himself whether he's yeah. bigger than you or not you shouldn't have picked a fight with something you can't finish i'm sorry right. no or, I and i and that has nothing to do with like abuse people who are actually abusive that's not right. what i'm talking about i'm talking about like a chick who attacks you in a bar and bites you like she's biting out of an apple and punches you repeatedly and you have yet to do anything to defend yourself
1: right like, exactly and he you
0: have the right to fucking clean her clock i'm sorry knock her the fuck out
1: well and that's exactly do what you have to do to defend yourself don't overdo it that's right. the thing that's, It's not yeah not having to beat someone to the within an inch of their life but if you have to like shove a girl off to get her away and do something about that, that's it. You know, like do it. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, no, I agree with that. I feel like, I feel like it's just, it's just like, if you want equal rights one way, you got to think about equal rights the other way. Yes. There's a physical Mm -hmm. um, difference. So then it's, you know, it's just everybody just be nice to each other. All right. Don't hit each other. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's my, you learn it that's in mine. kindergarten I'm sorry but you learn it in kindergarten don't yeah, keep your hands to yourself just keep your hands to if you can't keep your hands to yourself then you need to sit on your hands yeah I'm sorry so <laughs> whoa so that was I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry
1: so she was released in July of 2011 at 42 uh, she changed her name to Tia Carter and she dyed her hair dark because she had like classically blonde bleach hair okay um before that she did get married and she's changed her name to like jenna Stephens carter or something changing
0: her whatever beyonce get out of here
1: right uh but that is kind of the end of the story i'm frustrated that she's out I guess and I don't because with things like it because when I was reading okay okay when I was reading I kept going like well maybe he did attack her and then she stabbed him but then I'm like okay but then she rage stabbed him but she Mm -hmm. also has a like very
0: volatile temper
1: yeah so maybe that could have been a thing Mm -hmm. where he would just like clocked her in the face and she like lost it and just kept going until she absolutely
0: could not anymore. That would be more viable to me if there was a history of abuse on both exactly. sides. Exactly, And that's Whereas exactly the issue. there was verbal abuse, there was fights, but he never was physical with her. Mm-mm. And he had plenty of times that
1: she would attack him and he wouldn't be physical with her right. back. So, so if there
0: were a multiple times where it's like, like we used to have, for real, Across the street from us when we lived on 3rd Street, there was mm-hmm. a couple that were both Taekwondo instructors. And they used to get drunk and have violent, screaming Taekwondo matches in the front yard. Like, dad, were, like, they would kick the shit out of each other in the front yard in their Taekwondo. Like, they would do Taekwondo on each other. They would just I'm, Taekwondo? Yeah. Like, fucking. Everybody, Taekwondo. <laughs> and they were fighting each other. And, um, So it was kind of a, well, you're, you're kicking each other's asses. You're both abusing each other. Right. I could see that as a, she snapped because he hit her one too many times, but in all parts of this case, she's been the physical one.
1: Right. Well, and that's exactly it is I'm like, I could see that, like you said, could see that being the case. If there was any sort of evidence that he had been physical with her at all. Right. But there wasn't he and according to everybody who knew him, he wasn't that kind of a person. He didn't like, yeah, he would yell. They'd argue. But even then, like. From what I was reading, I don't know how much he like would get heated, argue like Mm -hmm. screaming at each other. Like, I think it was more he was more of the okay. let's just calm down, go to the pub, get a drink, calm ourselves. Like, I think he's more of the let's tone this down a little bit guy mm-hmm. in the argument rather than let's amp this up and keep making it louder and more violent and i don't know it's just a weird case and they were a okay i don't want to say they were a cute couple but they were they were yeah. bo- both very both they both were looking. cute people mm-hmm.
0: not They're a cute couple
1: <laughs> uh Uh, 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 why can't I think of what? I was gonna look it up because he is, I don't wanna say my type, but kind of my type. He's just got, okay, Tracy, that's what it was. For whatever reason, I was like blanking on her first name and I was like, Andrews. (laughs) Let's see. I'm a big visual person, I'm so sorry. Like, here, look at this.
0: And where are you? okay i don't know how well you can see them oh yeah
1: they're a very normal like 90s couple mm-hmm. but anyway that's all mm-hmm. i got
0: that's all, I, that's all you got That was a that's good that's all that I, I got, got. thanks great she's, she's crazy huh
1: i've been really into the like dramatic drama for the last couple months, weeks <laughs> let's like mm-hmm. make this a weird love triangle thing let's do it
0: drama 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 all the time okay well that's all we got folks
1: all right guys we love you you're cool spread the
0: word and your you're only supposed to say one word self. no
1: <laughs> i hate that when people do one word things I know, like all right spread, guys. spread yourselves do it do it spread to love not hate Be kind to each other. Don't
0: hit each other in the face. Hands to yourself.
1: Yeah, come on. Or sit on them. If you can't keep your hands to yourself, sit on your hands. Just sit on your hands. That's it. That's our advice.
0: That's our world advice. That's my life advice. the key to world peace. Just sit on your hands. Sit on your (laughs) hands.
1: It's fine. If you're sitting on your hands, you can't do anything other than sit on your hands. (laughs) Oh, that was deep. Oh, fucking no. All right. All right. Have a good night, day, yeah. week, life. Whenever this comes to you, you know, bye. Enjoy bitch. that time. Bye.
0: I... <laughs> it felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird. I felt weird. <laughs>